Hello, this is Philip from Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. Uh, before we actually start um, the interview with Lisa Maxwell and Stephen Garlic, of course, the voices behind Kira and Jen from The Dark Crystal. Just uh, for those who are new, I mean, this is uh, part two of our interview. So if you haven't listened to um, our previous episode, do so if you wanted to follow, follow along. So, but otherwise, you know, we'll um, we'll get back into uh, the interview and hear Lisa's story of uh, being at, at one point involved with the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And um, and before I go, um, just an update, Legends of Thra will be coming out this week as well. So you'll actually get two, two shows um, this week. And, um, and then, of course, the following week will be uh, part three of the interview with uh, Lisa and Stephen. I really hope you've been enjoying um, these uh, interview episodes. Um, I certainly had a blast, and so did Sydney, um, as you'll probably hear very soon in our uh, in our chat. And also, um, for those you know, don't forget to uh, purchase your tickets to the Great Conjunction, which you can do so at www.thegreatconjunction.com. You can find out all about the upcoming Dark Crystal Convention that's going to be happening in November. And um, it's going to be a very exciting time. I can um, very much assure that. <laughs> so lots of guests and lots of updates. It's always been uh, posting on a regular basis. So yeah, without further ado, here we go with the interview. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. You are listening to... Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart. Now go, you heroes of Thra. So I have a funny story for you about that. Uh, <laughs> so um, my my agent heard that they were doing um, well. She she kind of got got thought that they were doing a um, follow up to the Dark Crystal. So she just got in touch with the people, the casting people, and said, you know, Lisa still and um, you know would would love to be involved. Just obviously, you know, it would be a, a passion project and, a, you know, has a special place in her heart and everything. Um, and I thought that was quite clever. So um, so she did that and we forgot about it. Uh, and then then they got back in touch, um, this, the, the people from Age of Resistance, got in touch with my agent, the casting department, and said, would I do a tape? Um, they just wanted to know if I sat, how I sounded today, you know, because I'm like 15 million now and I was 17 when I did Kira so um so I said yeah no I'd, I'd love to so they sent me um a one-page script deeply sort of top secret script with my name all over so that I couldn't reproduce it in any way and so I just I spent a day in my bedroom trying to get my voice to go higher and higher and higher to to say these lines another world another time Another age. I had to. That was. That's just one of the lines. Um, and I've got. There's a the, Thra, a wondrous planet circling three suns, and at its center, the crystal of truth. 
the heart of Thra and the source of all life. Um, that was a really bad reading. But anyway. Really so the, bad. This I'm was tearing up, Lisa. <laughs> My goodness. Um, that was the script that I was sent. Then it goes on. There's obviously there's the since since the land was young, Agra protected the crystal, for she knew that the crystal connected all the creatures of Thra. But closest to her heart were the Gelfling. Seven clans of Gelfling called Thra home, from the proud Vapra and the mountain city of Harar. I couldn't do that on the voiceover. I had to do it about ten times who rule over the seven clans. So I had to read this and send the tape off. So I read it, it goes on, it goes on. And I did a better job of my recording than I did just then, um, thank God. Uh, and I sent, sent off the tape and they came back and they said, we'd like you to do it. So this, this, was, the, this was the, not to be in the, in the series, but to do the narration at the beginning, uh, which is, that's the script. Um, and so I went down to a dubbing studio in Soho in central London. And um, and everyone, you know, the director and the producer from uh, Los Angeles was on the screen and he was giving me notes and the director was in the room. And you were talking about how, um, how many people are in a studio when you record a, a, a voice and how Jim and Frank were the only ones there with us, Steve. This room, I've, I've never seen so many people. It, every, loads of people on a sofa, people all stood behind, everybody waiting with bated breath to see how this was going to turn out. And uh, really, really intimidating. And, and also you had the added thing of walking into the room being 50-something and everybody going, oh, Kira looks really old. I know I'm not Kira. <laughs> and... Um, of course, you know, I never, I never was. Kira is Catherine Mullen's wonderful puppet, and I just put a little bit of some, something on it. Um, so um, we had to do these lines over and over, and then um, so we, we did it, and they were going, oh, that's amazing, that's wonderful, can we just try it this way, can we try it that way? And we did it all in a day, and, and I left, and they said, thank you, it's so great to meet you. And they were all a bit emotional, actually, saying it's so, it's so bizarre, this is like a dream for us, you know. And I was really touched and very, very honored at their reaction to me. Um, and so that was that, that was done. And then about uh, four months later, five months later, my agent calls and says, oh, Lisa, I've got some, you know, I think I think it's bad news. And I said, what, what, what's happened? Uh, sounds like someone had died or something. It was really quite, you know. Um, and he said, um, they've decided not to use you for Age of Resistance. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, um, this happens as actors, this happens in our lives all the time. Um, and he said, yeah, and I said, did they say why? And he said, no, no, they, they didn't. They just, um, they just felt that, it, that having Kira as narrator um, might be, cause them, it, it, they weren't sure about the idea of that. And if they ever were to do a follow-up, it, you know, it's they just decided that having Kira do the narration might not be the best thing. So I said, I get it, I totally get it. Um, and I said, uh, do you know who who's doing it? And um, my agent said, uh, yeah. Um, I said, well, who? And they said, Sigourney Weaver. And I said, wait, who's that? <laughs> Sigourney who? <laughs> I mean, I mean, so they're replacing me with who? And my agent's. Yeah. 
a little known actress, Lisa, you know, who's uh, who hasn't, you know, she's got quite a connection with sci-fi and things, you know, aliens and all that. And I said, oh, Sigourney Weaver. I knew exactly. <laughs> and it was, um, it was, look, if you're going to be replaced by anybody, I think I can live with the idea that it's Sigourney Weaver. Um, and yeah, so that's, so that's the uh, my Age of Resistance story. Yeah. Wow. That, that is incredible. Yeah, yeah. This thing about turning up, you know, uh, 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 and feeling you're, you know, not quite the same as you, the, the way you looked when you did the the film, you know, in the early '80s. I mean, I I felt that when I when I turned up at the Great Conjunction at Elstree, really, you know, that must have been such a sort of surreal sort of experience. Like, you know, there's this, you know, that Zay, you know, who who's behind it all with the Great Conjunction, and you know, she started it all. And managed you know to contact you know both of you about it. it's like hey you know i'm gonna do this dark chris convention like you yeah thought, oh well you know such a very interesting idea like oh you know let's see what happens and when you got there like what was sort of what yeah what, what were you feeling like throughout throughout like because i know it was just for the one day but still it was like yeah well i mean i was just i was delighted just to, to you know to be asked to to go along and I was excited because you know it would mean I would see Lisa again after so many years we did say we'd keep in touch but I never really liked it to be perfectly honest with you know. <laughs> uh, but uh <laughs> any, any joking, darling, any no, no so but you know it, it, it's the way of the business that you, you all come together whether you're working in the theatre or working on telly or film you know and this unit of people come together and create something and then they go on to different things and sometimes you stay in touch and sometimes you don't and that's what happened Lisa over over so many years but you know I, I kept track on of her career and of course she's gone she went on to do some great things she of course uh quite like your agent here yeah? yeah you're in the bill weren't you oh, yes and uh, you know it was a very popular yeah. tv series yeah, a pretty I mean, series here in the UK you know but so so I felt it was great just to reconnect with Lisa and and uh, you know so pleased that Zay was able to get all of this and make all of this happen so congratulations to her then and congratulations to her now you know when you consider what we're going to be doing in in november but also it was just interesting for me to to walk around and meet people who are actually involved in 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 the actual making you know physically of the film on the studio floor uh and we did a q a didn't we like so that q a thing when on the stage and there were yes. so many of us there yeah. and i just yes, found that yeah. very interesting to find out what uh that person did and what that person did oh you make that happen oh you were a guy the garth and oh right okay you know and all that kind of thing. yeah it was great i mean you do you do realize when you when you see all of us in a room like that which you know we're so lucky to have had that day um how small a part you are of this massive um treasure that we all hold so dear now um you know you know the voices you know get to be up front and center because you know that that's that's the nature of what you're doing but the amount of work and the layers and the beautiful illustrations and drawings that that um that were created for it and the music and everything it was you know it really was a masterpiece and just to see and that's where that emotion came from was that you mentioned earlier on lisa yeah. you know that people were turning up certain people were turning up and um all dressed in the characters yeah. you know of I, yes. either, yeah. I have to say they were dressed mostly as Kira and no, no one turned up looking like, <laughs> like to say you know but uh, but there, there, there was there were so certainly wasn't there something and what's that that big American series now called Saul what's it called um oh, better call Saul yes oh. yeah better call Saul. 
there was a character in it dressed as Kira that someone sent to me and they were ridiculing oh, yeah. her. And I was like, how can they, <laughs> how dare they? How dare they ridicule my Kira? That's my Kira. You know, she's everybody's Kira, but a bit of her belongs to me. Um, and I just, and I just, it's still so relevant so that someone can dress up as Kira in a, in a hit TV show today and people know exactly who she is. Um, you know, there aren't, I mean, how many puppet characters? I mean, obviously animation characters stick around for a very long time, but actual puppets, it's just... Do you, can I just reverse the, the process and talk to you two guys? How, how did the Dark Crystal come into your lives? Sydney first. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so, funny story. I was four years old and it was a great um, part of my daily life to go with my mom who worked in the film industry at the time. She was a, a special effect makeup artist, um, did a lot of monster and creature uh, painting. We spent a lot of time uh, at the video store combing the aisles to pick out VHS um, videos to watch each night. And back before the days of IMDb, my mom was sort of my personal IMDb. So she would tell me, oh, you'll like this one because it has this guy did the music and he did the music for this other movie you like. So you'll like this one and things like that. I was already a pretty big fan of a lot of Jim Henson properties, uh, mostly Labyrinth, of course. And uh, I was doing my usual walking down the aisle and I am looking at all the, the covers of the VHSs and I see this one. Uh, that I still have on my shelf right now. Um, it was this lime green <laughs> clamshell VHS with a um, a 2D, like a, a painting. It wasn't even a picture of the puppets, but the, the main art on the front is of Jen and Kira and the Skeksis and, you know, said the Dark Crystal. And the colors were all vibrant and these characters. But I took one look at who I would later learn to be Kira, this character on the VHS cover, and I thought, that is the most beautiful little creature. <laughs> she's like a princess, but she's like an elf, but she has wings and she's small and she has these giant eyes, kind of looked like me at that age because Aww. I was very a very small child and my face was like all eyes and I, <laughs> um, I imagined myself I you know I, I needed to know who this was and what this movie was with this big beautiful crystal on it and these monsters they were so like this juxtaposition of like these adorable little elf creatures and this scary monster and the big pretty rock like I needed like so I'm like mom this one it has to be and she immediately oh, oh yeah you'll really like that one because it's also Jim Henson and you really like Labyrinth and you like Labyrinth, so you'll like this. And turned out, you know, I popped that one in my VCR and it immediately became my new favorite. You know, Labyrinth took a back seat after that to um, The Dark Crystal and I watched it constantly and I knew Kira's song and I knew all of her lines and oh, I used to Sydney, jump off of my so couch amazing. and... <laughs> Um, I just, you know, my, my love for puppetry was that the fires were lit at that point, but I just immediately, I, not to put a damper on, on Jen's character, of course, Jen is the hero of the story, and I, it's not that I had no love for Jen, but I was Akira, you know, I was, that was who <laughs> I aspired to be, I, I wanted to s suddenly sprout wings and save the Do you boy. think she was a good role model, oh. Sydney? Do you think, as a girl... She was a good role I, 
still think that to this day, I, I look to Kira and the lessons that I've learned from her from the time that I was four years old. And at the time, too, it was really helpful for me because, like I, like I mentioned, I was very small. I was a really small kid for a really long I'm still small. I'm, <laughs> I stopped growing when I was nine. So I, <laughs> uh, and so the Gelfling were very um, relevant heroes to me because they were so small in this humongous world that was being, you know, run by these big horrifying monsters. And there were only two of them. And um, for a very long period of my life, it was just my brother and I against the world. And, you know, we were a very little family and I was a very little little uh, princess that you know needed to to forge some wings and kira was just a huge inspiration she's ultimately the one who saves the day kira was a bit ahead of her time really i mean i wonder if any of the spice girls watched the dark crystal when they were young because you know, girl power <laughs> yes. that came from kira yes, didn't it really she... because if you look at the, if you look at the film i mean she she's the one very empowered isn't she yes. as, yes. as a, as a, a young girl you yeah. know she she place she knew what she wanted she had to teach Jen a few a few things yeah. that he didn't know anything about you know he was he was very naive but I thought yeah I thought Kira was the was the strength yeah there, wasn't I mean she? the way that the way that she'd she'd get around on these animals and things she would just jump on the back of, of um of, the old land yeah, yeah, yeah. just I mean completely self-sufficient I mean I mean I do Jen and Kira I would really like to know so much more about them because I mean I know that they they're puppets but they they were like you were saying Sydney there's so much to them this they 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 really resonate with people um I'd like to I wonder what Kira would have been like as a mother you know I mean just she probably would have been a mother a fantastic role model just the strength of character and but also the incredible femininity as well she's very pretty um and but not in a kind of chocolate box way anyway yes we can, uh, we, this is obviously a kira mutual appreciation society we've got going here come on phil tell me that you, you <laughs> i know all right my turn well i mean i could put a uh, i've got a gen story i guess i could put, put he does actually it. um but yeah i mean for, for me i um uh, how I got into Dark Crystal. Um, I'm very certain that my parents had actually recorded um, the Dark Crystal, you know, on VHS tape and all that kind of stuff, you know, back in those days where you could record, you know, things off TV and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty certain they did record the Dark Crystal. And um, and that just happened to be one of those films I just watched a lot as a kid, like, you know, that and Star Wars. But, but of course, Dark Crystal, um, quite a lot as well. And just being, um, like just being taken into the world of, you know, of, of Thra, like, you know, just with, with the characters and the world and the environments and that sort of thing. And, um, and I was, and for myself, like I was living, um, I was living on, on, on a farm. So I had, you know, a really big, you know, 300 acre farm, uh, that was, um, that I lived with the grandparents and different houses, all that kind of stuff. So, I always had that bit of Thra that I felt I had <laughs> in my place as well, that I sort of connected to in some way you know like I just walk out far back and go to the woods and all that kind of stuff um uh but for me it's like so that that's sort of how I got into it um the dark crystal um but for me I really connected with Jen and I think it's for me it was like when I was growing up um like I was I was diagnosed with autism uh pervasive development disorder but the mo the main thing was always um the speech that I really struggled with. So, and I think the thing I connected with Jen is just 
uh, I think with the film, just how simple the dialogue was that I was like, I was able to follow along with the story. I was able to connect with Jen. Jen is alone by himself in his own world. And I guess, you know, like myself, I was sort of very much like myself in my own world. You know, I was sort of, you know, because I felt different that that's sort of how I was feeling at a very young age. And, um, and also, you know, with mystics, with teachers, um, uh, throughout primary, early years of primary school, like I had an integration aid, you know, who helped me, you know, throughout the years of, with, you know, with the studies and all that up until sort of most little bit of, you know, most of high school as well. So there were the things I really like connected, like with the dark crystal, even more it's one of those things it's like as a kid i didn't really think about it that much like in that way but sort of growing up you know going through high school and and sort of getting back a lot into dark crystal i think during film school and like making those connections i'm like oh wow you know that that's actually yeah it really hits it really hits me um quite a bit so yeah yeah so well jen's a hero who is learning that's one of the beautiful things about jen is that he's not just this heroic chosen one just because he's chosen we we see him he's a child for all intents and purposes and we he goes through a bereavement doesn't he? you know when his master dies in front of him you know? and that's when the, the the story of his you know growing up if you like starts and again, he's lucky that he he he, uh, he bumps into Kira, and she's able to who continues teaching him, continues teaching him, and completes the journey. Uh, you know, and it all leads to that big climax at the end with the crystal. You know, I mean, you know, it's very the story is very compartmentalized in lots of ways. You know, uh, and there's a journey through. And it. typically, you might have seen like the male character being the sort of white knight that comes to save the damsel in distress. Whereas, you know, they, they both rely on each other um, in certain situations. The relationship's fantastic, I think, between those two characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And in many ways, they are both uh, great examples of, you could make an argument that they are neurodivergent in um, when you examine sort of their behaviors and the way that they're learning and the things that they teach each other and their speech patterns and things like that. So for those of us like like Phil and myself who who grew up as neurodivergent children, these were the kinds of heroes that resonated with us because like us, they were learning about the world as they were stepping out into it and then learning from each other. And it, it you know, it's it even though you're maybe alone or maybe different or learning in a way that the other kids might not be learning or from people that maybe they're not learning from, you can still be the one to wield the crystal and save the day at the end. You know, we all end up finding each other and learning from each other. And that's, that's it's a really great, why that they're it's such a great, great It's models. a great message, isn't it? I just very, very funny. I went to, um, I've got a chiropractor that I go to every now and again, and um, I just discovered him about sort of a year ago or something. Um, and we get chatting and he's a dark crystal, crazy super fan. And he, um, he, he and his wife, I mean, I, I went to see him the first time. He didn't sort of mention it the first time. The second time, um, he, we sort of started talking about the kind of films that we like, you know, when you're, you're lying there and they're cracking your bones and they're throwing you around the table a little bit, you talk about stuff to distract yourself from the pain that's going on. And then, then he sort of mentioned that um, his all time favorite and actually his wife's all time favorite. And that's how they bonded, they met 
and they started talking about the dark crystal and they were like oh my god is that your favorite film yes it's my favorite film too and they they were like two two people that were just like we found each other and that when they got married they had a dark crystal wedding oh wow <laughs> yeah uh, that's the and dream <laughs> they, 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 he showed me a photograph of of their wedding and she's kira he's jen not 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 in the kind of like goofy naff way but in a beautiful way um and um and then we and we and, and it's wonderful because whenever i go to see him we always talk about the film he was the one that told me about the um the, the mention in the american sitcom uh the kira thing he sent me the link and it's it's it, it really does um have such an, an emotional um connection with people that that stays that for forever i think um and so like steve we're just so Words that stay. I was just going to say, I was like, uh, yeah. I hope somebody else gets it. <laughs> I hope somebody else goes there. Yeah, yeah I knew I well, could I've rely got a bit, on I'm you, I'm not talking of the script. <laughs> I've got a little bit here I can read out yes, for you. Yes, yes, please. Like. Uh, give us a few favorites. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, well, it's, um, I mean, after hearing Lisa and, and, what, and the thing that she read out like, earlier on, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, well, I thought you, she read it out very well but uh, anyway the only thing i can come up with that you, you may remember everybody listening it goes something like this when single shines the triple sun what was sundered and undone shall behold the two made one by gelfling hand or else by none by gelfling hand is that all right yeah, yeah. yeah. that was fantastic yeah yes. something along those lines yeah i'm sure there's lots more uh, so I remember that one, yeah, and um, uh, the, the, the prophecy didn't say anything about this, <laughs> and Kira's like, this. <laughs> prophets don't know everything, so, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right, and I go, yeah. right, you've got to come back here, Lisa, uh, your line is, of course not, you're a boy, okay, so I come in with wings, I don't have wings, of course not. You're a boy, <laughs> and there, there it is. is. There it is. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! This is such. This has been such a fun thing to do. Um, this what a lovely way to spend a Saturday morning. We should do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. Hey. We, yeah. Let, let's make it happen. <laughs> you don't have to tell us twice. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Your game, we're game. Listen. So are we? Are we gonna yeah. get um, to meet each other? Um, in 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 America yes. this year. In November, yes, yes we yes. are. So, looking ahead at November, we are absolutely going to get to continue these conversations, and and hopefully on a larger scale, we're we're looking at uh, organizing some panels, um, some some talks, you know, which of course you guys are welcome to give your ideas and you know input with us if you have any ideas for things you'd love to come and talk about at the convention. There are we are all so excited to finally meet in person. So many of us Dark Crystal fans have all we're from all over the world so we're all friends online and in the online communities and podcast friends and things like that. So there's so many of us that are going to be meeting for the first time and just like probably bawling our eyes out the minute we see I know the minute I see Phil in real life I'm going to lose it. <laughs> yeah no it's I know it's going to be so just, yeah, I know it's just going to be such an emotional weekend, it's so, like, but I'm, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just going to be unlike any other sort of event, you know, that we've been to or, you know, been involved with. So I've only um, got one, yeah. one example to, to fall back on. And that's of course, 
the, the great conjunction that we had at Elstree and and um, just one day, just one afternoon, which went by so quickly. But the thing that came across to me was just how, how much love was in the room, you know, uh, uh, and an appreciation of the of the of the talent of the guy who put it all together, who had the idea. And that was Jim. God bless him, you know, uh, and I know that uh, he would he would have been absolutely delighted, I'm sure. You know the interest in the film so many years later and of course the prequel and everything that's gone with it since you know i think you would have been really ju justly proud of it yeah i i always think that the kids that get the dark crystal are the really smart kids oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it's i do i do i remember i've met so many um people over the years that you know alan cumming as an actress here called honeysuckle weeks and that, that are that have Dark Crystal as their number one film in their top five, um, and you know I, I'd run into them on other jobs and stuff, and they say, "Oh my God, I hate you did the you were Kira," and they're literally completely blown away. And nine times out of ten, they're really, really intelligent, smart people. Uh, and I remember going to the screening, um, and when when we'd done the film, do you remember this, Steve? We had the screening in the West End. It was a Saturday morning, I think mm. it was. Yeah, and, Leicester Square. Yeah, yeah, and all of the, um, and, and a lot of the crew and everybody brought their kids, but there were some invited children. They were all terrified, crying and screaming, and, and the reaction was quite upsetting because they weren't kind of enthralled or taken into the world, all of them. They were really petrified, terrified of the Skeksis. Um, and I, it's a certain type of imagination in a child a really an emotionally mature imagination that can allow a child to go into that place and exist in that place and go with it because it it's really quite frightening and so otherworldly. Um, I just I think well I think testament to all the people that love the Dark Crystal you must have all been really smart kids. <laughs> and let me tell you, Lisa, even looking back, like I mentioned, I was four years old when I saw it for the first time. So then later on when I started school and went and interacted with other kids and what movies do you like? What movies do you like? And anytime I brought up The Dark Crystal, if my fellow kindergartners were familiar with The Dark Crystal, they <gasps> that was too scary. That was so scary. I cried. My mom won't let me watch it because it's too scary. And it wasn't until, you know, several years later, the older I got, you know, I would find other um, artsy kids, <laughs> like the kids who were, you know, off in the corner drawing, the kids who were, you know, wanted more time to read and not go outside or <laughs> um, necessarily. So we all, yeah, that is definitely the experience. And now I am a teacher now and I work with kids all the time and I regularly use the Dark Crystal, um, both the film and the series as um, teaching tools and I'll, I'll show them to the class and it's, you know, I gotta say, kids now, I feel real good about future generations because I will play specific scenes for them. And let me tell you, Lisa, every time Kira's wings come out, there is thunderous applause. There are oh, gasps. They're always like, oh, she has wings. She has wings. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. So cool. It's, it's, <laughs> It is if you if you stay with it and you go you go through the fear barrier. I think that there's a lot lot to be learned and had from from the film. And I think testament to um, 
Jim Henson and Frank Oz, they they knew it was scary. They, they had the screening. They saw they saw kids. Yeah, that was the intent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they stayed. They didn't change it. They didn't, you know, make it less scary. They just just let it let it happen because. Um, well, Disney 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 wasn't worried about things like that, was he? Really, you know, if you look back at the the classic cartoons that he made, there was always good. There was always bad, evil. Yeah. You know, uh, mild error. I mean, if you look at like the very the very first Disney film with Snow White, you know, like you know the, the, her running in the forest is like that's yeah, back in those days, what terrible. So much is terrifying in Snow White. Was it the the axman who was sent to kill Snow White? I mean, that's that's still that's still oh you know after eighty odd years or however long it is, it's still yeah. it's still well fairy scary. tales. All the, the 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 grim fairy tales were you know dark. They were cautionary. Um, yeah, I mean that's. That's, that's real life, you know. You have to be aware that there is there's bad stuff, you know. And Jim was very open about that. You know, there's there's so many interviews out there with Jim Henson openly saying how his aim was to show kids that, like, you know, you're because he thought of kids as equals. You know, they weren't they weren't lesser beings than adults just because they were younger, and in many ways they're better than us because they have so much potential still. And you know, why shield them from the reality? Um, when we could be preparing them to face it. And yeah. I also think that he, the, the, the idea that, um, you know, Phil, you were talking about you lived in a, in a big open space and you were often on your own. And it sounded to me like you'd go to the woods and you'd absolutely use your imagination. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I, and I, I think it's it, it, that I think, I think Jim Henson was encouraging um, young, young people to, to, to go with their imagination and take them into this world where it, they, their imagination could just completely fly. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I probably sound about 100 when I say this, but I don't know nowadays if, if children are left on their own to just use their imagination. They, you know, they, they have to be stimulated all the time and they have to be given something to do rather than just being in the woods and just using what's in their mind and just running with that. You know, I think imagination is, is um, just really important. Yeah. It's a very powerful tool to face the world with. And that's all the time that we have for this episode of Trial by Stone. Definitely stay tuned next time for um for the conclusion for part three of our interview with Stephen Garlic and Lisa Maxwell. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Dark Crystal Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Dark Crystal Podcast and on Twitter at Dark Crystal Pod. Thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone.